Today on the Tappy Show, Liberty Safe betrays their customers. Vivek Ramaswamy's tweet on the justice discrepancy gets 2 million views in 24 hours. Bud Light is saved by Bill Gates' cash infusion for their stock purchase. Bud Light football is back, but their fans are not for their Twitter. Bud Light Babylon B parody of Bill Gates' purchase goes viral on Twitter. Vivek's two-tier justice system gets 750,000 views in 8 hours. DeSantis is back on Twitter with a pharma commercial at 400,000 views in 9 hours. WeWork wants to negotiate their leases, GameStop is beating Wall Street expectations, Google sells up some of their app store lawsuits, and the U.S. is pushing for an airbag recall with Arc Automotive. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of the Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder least twice today. Guys, he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner and need a assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, this month we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers, so if you can click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have WeWork wanting to renegotiate all of their leases so that they do not go out of business. Now, this also subsequently caused their shares to drop earlier this week by 4.8%, trading at about $3.42 per share. That is pretty darn bad. Just face value, that's not a lot of money per stock or for a single share of stock. In fact, if you, if you fall below a dollar on the New York Stock Exchange, they slap you on the wrist and they tell you, hey, give us a business plan because if this happens again, you're getting delisted. So you actually need to be above $1 per share Keep in mind, the company peaked at $400 per share when they were at their highest. Even with them you know, having some business issues and precipitously dropping in value, interestingly enough, they still have 777 locations. And that's across 39 countries. Of course, that's perhaps a couple months dated. That's statistics based from June 30th, 2023. Now, the sites also inside those places have about 906,000 workstations, and they claim they have 653 thousand physical memberships so that again i know public math scores at all time low so we'll do a little fun math today that's about 72 percent occupancy rate so that's actually pretty darn good in terms of percentage of course you want to have as close to 100 percent as possible because that's where you get the good roi every time you're not at 100 you're obviously losing money because of lost opportunity but considering how much issues the company has had throughout the years I think 72% is pretty good. Although in terms of valuation, they were again, they used to be valued at $400 per share and they used to be worth $47 billion, which is astonishing. And it quite literally was a multi-billion dollar idea. And then they kind of overextended themselves. In the beginning, they were putting all these deposits down and getting all these leases without having any guaranteed occupancies signed on as well. So there are a lot of issues throughout the company's history and then with the whole pandemic and now people might want to lock down these countries again, what's that going to do in terms of the WeWork business? Are people just going to, again, work from home even more? I mean, anecdotally speaking, a lot of businesses my IT company works with in DFW or Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, we noticed a lot of businesses, instead of having a traditional headquarters, they actually downsized dramatically to have more of a, they call it like a hotel offering. So it's one of those situations where there's a main office but not everyone has an assigned seat and it's more of an option. So like if you have customers coming in and you wanna maybe host them for an event or a meeting, you have those facilities, 
And for the employees who do prefer working in a traditional office and they kind of thrive in that environment, they have a place to go. But it sizes down dramatically. And another thing we notice is just getting rid of the headquarters completely and saving hundreds of, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in some cases. And of course, there's a lot of benefits to that business model, which is why we've seen so many companies moving away from the traditional headquarters. So I think that helped we work a little bit because instead of a traditional headquarters, some of them buy their, their employees a WeWork membership. But if the country starts to lock down again, again, it's becoming a political issue in the United States. So there might there very well, very well may some, be some people who actually just ignore it completely, just go out whenever. There might be some people who acquiesce and they'll put on a mask and they'll stay home. There's a lot of variables that are going to hurt WeWork in the near future. It'll be interesting to see, is this concept going to survive long term? I think long term, I think it's still good, a good business idea, but will it be profitable to have it on that such a scale? That'll be interesting to see. And of course, it'll really depend on how much they can really renegotiate those lease agreements to see if they can get that price down to a profitable point. So it'll be interesting to see, but you know me, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have GameStop beating Wall Street expectations, which is quite a rare feat for GameStop. Now, it looks like they beat their expectations for their quarterly revenue and actually report a smaller than expected loss. Now, they actually attribute this thanks to a stronger demand for not just video games, which of course they're around, but also for collectibles as well as consoles, which throughout the years is how the companies continue to stay in business. They've had a lot of losses and many leadership changes, but if you look at kind of like the GameStop you saw when you were a kid, that was with legacy hardware where you had to have a cartridge for a system. Although I'd also say the good old days, you didn't have to wait 28 minutes or 38 minutes for it to update because they had to be connected to the internet, which is another variable to work with. You just slap that cartridge in. Sometimes there'd be some, the only troubleshooting you had on N64 is you had to take the cartridge out and blow it, which, man, would take a couple seconds. If you're really dedicated, you scrub it with a little bit of rubbing alcohol if you want to go above beyond. But pretty darn simple, I kind of appreciate that. Now, GameStop, a majority of the profits come from used video games. As you transition from cartridges to CDs, now it's becoming more of a, it's become literally a digital product. Overwhelmingly, an overwhelming majority of consumers are starting to choose having digital content in terms of they just download the video game from the servers, thereby getting rid of that main profit margin for GameStop. So they started to have little chash keys, collectibles, as well as the consoles themselves. So they definitely helped out, but the main most profitable part of the business keeps decreasing in quantity. So that's what GameStop has been struggling with ever since the evolution of downloadable content, basically. Now, it looks like the shares actually did rise a little bit. Well, they went up about 6%, so that was pretty good. And it'll be interesting. They also hinted that the increase in revenue was primarily due to a, quote, significant hardware release, or sorry, significant software release, unquote, as well as increasing sales of new gaming hardware in international segments. But they did not elaborate on the software release. So... That's kind of unusual. We'll have to wait for their 10K statement or their quarterly statement. Maybe they'll dive a little bit deeper to see what that really is. Now, it looks like the revenue actually rose 2% to $1.16 billion for the quarter ending fiscal, fiscal quarter ending July 29th. And GameStop actually said they topped expectations of $1.14 billion. That was according to three analysts polled by LSEG. Further analysis and further comments from the executive chairman and top shareholder Ryan Cohen has been steering GameStop towards more of an online-focused model as the chain, largely independent and fiscal store, strives to rebound 
from the recent slump in sales. We also noticed that even a lot of leadership changes, the finance and chief, uh, chief financial officer stepped down last month and it looks like that was the second biggest exit after they had the CEO step down over in June. And subsequently you had Ryan Cohen, who was the, one of the largest shareholders of the company become CEO. And he was also on the board of directors already. So it'll be interesting. He is, he's best well known for founding the company Chewy.com, which was one of the most, actually probably the most successful e-commerce for pet supplies. And subsequently, I think they sold it to PetSmart or one of the largest other retailers. So it'll be interesting to see if the company can continue its growth rate as the market of video games continues to evolve and change and consumers are downloading more content. Now, my three cents, I know it should be two cents, but 40 year hyperinflation, all time high, should be four cents really, but I'm a generous man, just three cents. Nope, still free to click that subscribe button. My three cents when it comes to video games, I would always want a physical copy because then you could sell it to your friends or you could sell it to GameStop. Now with a digital copy, you can't do that. In, I'm pretty sure actually in every instance when he has, I, again, last time I had a console was the Xbox 360 in terms of a modern console, mm -hmm. for cartridges and you know, not being locked into things. But it's one of the instances where, I know for PlayStation, I had a friend who used that, when you download a video game, it's actually tied directly to your PlayStation account. So unless you were to give someone your account credentials, which would not be prudent because of course you have your credit card on there mm -hmm. and there's a lot of privacy concerns, you're losing that video game. So there's a lot of downside with the downloadable content. It is more profitable for the publishers because again, no physical media, even though I would venture to say most of the revenue loss or the profit loss when you have the indirect sales model is you're paying the retailers and the stores. The physical media itself, you can probably get a new, again, this we're talking about Call of Duty numbers here. You can probably get a CD, you can probably get that down to about two, maybe three bucks per unit. I mean, if you look at a video game, you actually want to get the store, just you know, the plastic disc, then you have the plastic case. If you're, if you're really lucky, you'll get a color manual, which again is something that is kind of, I think that's a lost art, unfortunately. But in terms of that production, eh, it'll be interesting to see, does it help the company out more or where they go from here? But as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business news, and I apologize if there's a kind of a little focus issue with the camera. I cannot tell for the life of me I have it on one of the larger monitors to try to see if we can fix that today. The autofocus has been a little bit ha haphazard, so I'm trying to see if how we can maybe fix it. And again, if you have suggestions for additional software, always open to your feedback in the comments. Now, other interesting business news, you have Google Store and the Google settling some lawsuits because of their app store. Now, this is at least one of Google's antitrust suits appears to be poised to end soon. The company has tentatively settled with three dozen states and Dear God, that's that's quite a few. And Washington DC in a lawsuit that alleged that the Google Play App Store let it monetize and distribute of apps running in Google's Android operating system. You also have companies like Epic Games and Match Group filing similar antitrust claims with those suits coming to this courts over in November. Match Group being the largest dating conglomerate on the planet. They own pretty much everything. I believe they own every dating app and every dating website from Christian Mingle all the way down to Tinder. And ones I can't even pronounce or can't even fathom. And they also have increased antitrust lawsuits in the European Union, where of course, there's a lot more stricter laws. They actually have the Digital Markets Act. So there's a lot more scrutiny over there. So it'll be interesting to see. You've seen a little bit of a pendulum swing when it comes to antitrust lawsuits. There's quite some time where pretty much no one really cared about Google in terms of, there's a lot of talk about, well, do you think they're a monopoly? Do you think they're too big? But 
more often than not, it seemed like they were kind of left alone. So it'll be interesting to see, and of course politics plays into it because, you know, people on the left and the right, sometimes it's a great way to get votes. Sometimes they're actually, well, I was about to say, they're generally trying to help protect the consumer. Let's be honest. How many of those politicians are still around? Few and far in between. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But Google is, bar none, the largest tech company on the planet, literally worth more than most countries are in terms of GDP. So it'll be interesting to see, do you think we'll see more of these antitrust lawsuits specifically against Google in the next couple of years? Do you think even more radical idea, do you think they'll actually have to divest some parts of their business? That would be interesting. That hasn't happened in quite some time in terms of the United States and businesses being broken up. It'd be interesting to see. But as I say, and cliche to say, time shall tell. Going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have Liberty Safe betraying their consumers in favor of the government. Wow. Perhaps one of the most moronic things to do when you're a safe company is to hand over the keys and acquiesce and build a back door for government entities. Which also, there's a myriad of reasons that's not good for security in terms of, well, now everyone who can access Liberty Safe can now get the codes. That, let me dive deep. So they actually, they did post two things on Twitter to clarify. And this one they deleted. So I'm gonna, read, I'm gonna let's see here. I'm gonna read the one they deleted first. And they actually, for this one, I believe they disabled the comments then subsequently deleted it. So this one is, again, this is a tweet from Liberty Safe, which I used to respect, you know, American made, great company. I mean, really strong safes. You can customize them however you want. I mean. I think they start at 1200 bucks and go up to like 12 grand plus. I mean, you could customize it like a Porsche. Now, in hindsight, I'm glad I never invested in one of them. I was actually thinking of getting one of them, but actually having to go to a different brand. Thankfully, I think I believe they made the right decision to protect my documents and such. Now, this is again from Liberty, sent September 5th. It said, quote, Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting the personal property and the Second Amendment rights of our customers and has repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance with federal and state law and reasonable customer privacy protections within the law. First and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving our customers' rights and we will remain unwavering in those values. Now, I'm not too surprised they deleted it because they were so viscerally roasted or ratioed, as the youth might say on the Twitter. And there are issues with what they said in and of itself. Well, why, why do you have those codes? Why, why do you still have them? What's the purpose? Well, I would say there's no good reason to have them. Now, this is the one that is still, as for now, still on the Twitter. And it, again, this is within one day. You got 12.2 million views, which... Ironically, it's probably the best, it's the most popular advertising the company has ever had since I believe Demolition Ranch actually shot a t used a tank to shoot some of their safes, which is good advertisement, but it's not good when the most viral thing about your company is overwhelming negative. And this is something in terms of politically speaking, it is actually a unification. People on the left and the right, everyone is concerned about their privacy. And even though they're known for being a gun safe manufacturer, I know many people who have bought their safes for legal documentation. Because again, they're fire resistant by, depending on what state, what business you're in, you have to hold on to documents. Well, every business actually has to hold on to documents in terms of receipts for seven years for the IRS for compliance reasons. And depending on what industry you're in, you might have additional documentation that you have to legally store and protect. So there were people who were buying this for a myriad of reasons. Now, this is their little tweet and they say, quote, 
On August 30, 2023, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI asking, requesting the access code to the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if the warrant grants them access to the property. After receiving this request, we received proof of a valid warrant and only then did we provide them with an access code. Liberty Safe had no knowledge of any details surrounding the investigation at that time. Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting their personal property and Second Amendment rights of its customers and repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance with federal, state law, and reasonable consumer privacy protections within the law. First and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving prison without unwavering those values, end quote. So I do apologize. I actually do a correction on air. It looks like the thing I thought they deleted was a snapshot. So it was actually improperly cropped out. So it looks like the whole documentation has that little preface on the front. Now, specs the question, why do you have those access codes to begin with? If someone is buying a safe, what's the, why would you still have the access codes? And apparently this is both for the digital as well as the good old fashioned rotating style or mechanical style locks. Now that tweet got 12.2 million views, which is a good number of views. And they got 1,432 likes, which subsequently I can only guess there were feds that were liking it. And that's a 0.012% like ratio. Now, it looks like some of the top responses were one from walleyes, whitetails, and whiskeys saying, quote, so let me get this straight. When my safe was locked up and Liberty's customer service told me to hire a locksmith, but they had a code and could have given it to the consumer and didn't, unquote. Now, that was subsequently liked by millions of people. And someone else, you have Colin Rugg. His response got, oh, dear, that's a, quite a few. So this is Colin Rugg. I'll read his response really quick. He says, quote, again, it's from Colin Rugg, R-U-G-G. He says, quote, new American's top gun safe manufacturer, Liberty Safe, gave the FBI an access code to a safe owned by someone who was present at the January 6th protest. We have officially found the Bud Light of gun safes. Enjoy going out of business, Liberty Safe. The, quite, the situation is even worse. On August 30th, 2023, the FBI raided the owner of the safe, Arkansas man Nathan Hughes, who is a friend of the Hodge Twins. Not only did they access his safe, but the FBI also allegedly turned off his home security cameras and held his girlfriend at gunpoint. In a statement from Liberty Safe confirmed, they gave the FBI Hughes code. Quote, Liberty Safe is con was contacted by the FBI requesting the access code to the safe of an individual of whom they had a warrant to search their property. Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting blah, blah, Seventh Amendment lies. So they, another issue is, there's a big difference between having a warrant for a property and then having a warrant specifically to access a safe on the property. And a lot of people in the comments are subsequently agreeing with that statement. Now, this comment by Colin Rugg got 6.8, no, 6, yeah, 6.8 million views and 46,000 likes. Oh, that's the, that's gotta be the ratio of the year. So Liberty Safe got 1,432 likes. This guy, again, this is all within 24 hours. This guy got 46,000 likes. Quite an impressive discrepancy. Now, granted, 46,000 out of 6.8 million is 0.67%, but even then, that's a better ratio. Now, you also have Tim Poole who tweeted, quote, I don't care that Liberty Safe gave codes to the feds. I care that they had codes in the first place. Liberty Safes are completely worthless, unquote. Very true. He got 1.4 million views and 
23.3 thousand likes. And again, I think that's a big issue is why do they still have the codes? That defeats the entire purpose of a safe. Now, to me, there's two reasons that I'm irate and a little disappointed in this company. Firstly, they're supposed to be proud Second Amendment, you know, American, made in the USA, great company. And they easily acquiesced to the government. They could just tell the government, piss off. That's what Apple did. The government wanted Apple to build a skeleton key, um, or basically a way to break into every phone. Now, Apple, again, they're smarter than these morally depraved, mentally vacuous morons at Liberty Safe. Apple realized once you create a key or a backdoor to get in somewhere, then it just opens up the Pandora's box. Everyone wants it. People will steal for it. Now, when it comes to this, what, what if I want to break into someone's safe? Well, I can just break into Liberty Safe. I'm, again, I'm going to make some blanket statements when it comes to manufacturers in terms of, based on this company size, I could probably guess their IT cybersecurity spend. Now, you could probably, I don't know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I, eh, no, I shouldn't say probably. You could easily, with the right resources, break into their system. And then all of a sudden, what if a hacker gets access to all of those access codes? And it's probably based on a serial number. There has to be some way to correlate it with the person. All of a sudden, then you have that data. So instead of doing it, now criminals can break in there, break into Liberty Safe's database, find out the access codes, find out the address where the safe is, and they instead of having to spend hours, or sometimes, you know, depending on the skill level of the person breaking in the safe, days, they just stick out of home because they know the address, and then when the person leaves, they have the code. They walk in, or presumably they break into the house, punch in the code, easily steal whatever you have in there, and walk away scot-free. Now, Apple was smart. They denied that request by the FBI. They said, we're not going to build you a skeleton key to break into this phone because it obsoletes, our, it obsoletes all of our security features. People respected Apple much, much more after that. I know people who bought iPhones because of that integrity, because of that stance on cybersecurity. This company, and again, I know they sell, people use these states for many reasons, but I'd say more often than that, they are gun safe. And to just completely acquiesce and bend the knee like this, I can't help but think they're going out of business. How, let me know in the comments, are their sales gonna go down what? 70%, 80%, 90%? Who, no, no one who believes in the Second Amendment is buying their safes anymore, guaranteed. And their competition is getting smart. The competition I believe is Secure ID. There's a competing safe company that just hours after this happened, they said, they proudly proclaimed, we do not keep that code. It is your safe, it is your property, your business. Now that's marketing A plus, because not only are they differentiating themselves in the competition, they're actually standing for integrity and people are gonna respect the hell out of that. I can't help but help the competition. I can't help but think the competition is gonna just double their sales. This is gonna be Bud Light 2.0, because again, there are many options for safes. And a safe is something where you do a lot of research to go into it. Because again, some people are spending thousands, you know, 1,200, 1,200, I mean, I think they just started $1,200. They go all the way up to, you know, 15,000 plus. Like many things in life, you can spend as little as you want or as much as you want. When it comes to spending money for a premium made in the USA safe, you're already spending a premium. You're doing more research. This is going to show up in everyone's blogs. This is going to show up in everyone's reviews. There are already people talking about how to bastardize their, their safes, or in this case, make it better, ripping out the locking me mechanism and putting in a competitor's locking mechanism. So then they still have the Liberty Safe shell 
So they have some of the next construction liberty safe, but they have a third party lock put in there. So that way they can get, they can put this concern to bed because someone else doesn't have the access code. This is completely unacceptable for, for a manufacturer. It's one of those things where, especially now, you have the, the FBI allegedly turned off the cameras, held the girlfriend at gunpoint. How many people trust the government these days? It's become increasingly politicized. I don't know anyone who could deny that. Well, actually, I don't know anyone rational who would deny that these days. And a lot of these people who are buying these states, presumably, they believe in the Fourth Amendment. So, again, you need a specific, again, this is my understanding of the legality for the situations, you need a specific piece of documentation, a specific warrant to go for the safe in particular. Just getting a warrant for the property is a little bit different. They can just go search your front lawn, they can go to your house a little bit. I think it's a different legal barrier. And it's also the spirit of the situation, as well as this whole security boondoggle. They still have, yeah, to have those access codes, that's ridiculous and unacceptable. And it sounds like it affects all their saves. So I can't think of a way they can make the situation better. Those are already people critiquing them brutally online. The reviews are declining precipitously. Let me know in the comments, would you ever buy a Liberty safe after this news? I sure wouldn't. My business, or at least my IT company, we bought a different safe to store our legal, because again, you have to store receipts for seven years for the IRS for compliance reasons. We chose a different manufacturer, which again, had a great fire safe rating, great man in the USA. So I don't think their sales are going to do, uh, they might go out of business. Because again, this is something where a lot, you're not just pissing off one side of the political aisle. This is a very, it's a unified protest or boycott, so to say. Because people on the left, they are very concerned about their privacy. They have valuable twos. There's a lot of closet gun owners on the left as well, politically speaking. There's a lot of people who want to protect their valuables, their family heirlooms. They're not going to appreciate that. Again, there's a backdoor, not just for the government, but again, if hacker breaks into Liberty Safe, and now they have access codes to everything. That no one is going to like the situation, except perhaps the what was it, the 1,400 people, the 1,432 people who liked the Liberty Safe tweet. Who again, I can't help but think, probably government employees. But that's just my three cents of the day. Will they go out of business? I I think it's going to drop their sales by at least 75 percent. Let me know in the comments what you think. I'd love to, again, love to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business use, you have Bud Light stock saved by Bill Gates. Two very likable folks, and I'm sure this will stop the protest. <laughs> now, apparently this is from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So their trust actually purchased last fiscal quarter 1.7 million shares of Anheuser-Busch and Bev valued at about $95 million. So he's not buying a majority of the company, bar, I mean, quite literally it's a fraction of it, but it's, well, cause again, it's worth, what is it, 35 billion plus? But it is a good message if, depending on what you're looking into. So it looks like he also invested $939.87 million in the Heineken stock before the Bud Light controversy with Dill Mulvaney. And in 2007, Gates made a $392 million purchase of Fesma, whose brewery was sold to Heineken in 2010. Which is funny because the guy who's all about, allegedly all about helping humanity, doing the healthy things, buying up liquor companies. Well, I guess this is, this is beer, not liquor. Though it's Bud Light, so it's basically drink lake water or pond water. It legally has alcohol in it. I know that much for sure. Now, 
It looks like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has an asset worth net asset worth of $70 billion. So don't get me wrong, it's not like they're going all in on this investment. It's definitely a minority of their total value. But I can't help but think this isn't a coincidence that they purchased this stock with all the controversy. Now, there's a lot of people wondering, you know, Bill Gates, his one of his biggest fears and I would say irrational fears, world overpopulation. He is really obsessed with that idea. There's a lot of conspiracies. Well, I was gonna say, nowadays, for now, we'll have to almost do maybe an asterisk, perhaps. It seems like more and more yesterday's conspiracy theories are today's reality, more or less, for better or worse. Now, he's very concerned about overpopulation. There's a lot of theories of, you know, how can we curtail the human population? You know, what is he gonna put in these things? So there's a lot of speculation. Well, if you believe in certain political movements, some of them inherently remove your ability to have children, Maybe that's something Bill Gates likes. From his perspective on humanity, or perhaps disdain for humanity, that would help with his irrational fear of overpopulation. So a lot of people wondering, is this a, is this a message that Bill is saying that if you're a business and you're gonna acquiesce to the ESG scores, you're gonna push all these messages, even if you suffer fiscally, so you lose a couple hundred million dollars in sales, your stock goes down, big Bill Gates will come and bail you out? It's not a completely irrational thought, some might say, including myself. And it'll be interesting because, again, I almost wonder, will this increase the boycott? Because, again, there's this a, this a, not an insignificant number of people who are not fans of Bill Gates. So I can't help but think, is this going to fuel the boycott? It's already going viral on social media. People are talking about it nonstop. And, again, it's Bud Light already something that people are it's probably perhaps the most successful boycott in history from a conservative perspective, as well as people in the middle who are starting to join the boycott as well. So I can't help but think this is just going to fuel the boycott. And again, stock does help. Don't get me wrong. It's going to help Bud Light and Bush and Bev. I'm sure the CEO has metrics about how much the stock goes up and down and they're pressuring him to get the stock price back up. But stock is not sales. So if you're boycotting Bud Light, double down because now you have an extra reason to boycott them. And again, if their sales keep suffering, I can't help but think eventually the CEO will have to take on a modicum of responsibility, maybe retire or what's the night, what do they say in corporate America? They're taking time off to spend more time with their family, which is new speak for, you know, they've done messed up, which is the 1984 reference of the hour. Yeah, I, I usually find a way. It's not a good thing because modern society, unfortunately, is becoming more and more of a dystopia hellhole like 1984. And I highly do not recommend, and I always discourage, do not make that drinking game because I reference that book way too much. But it's perhaps George Orwell's greatest masterpiece, and everyone should, I almost think it should be required to read it because there's so many parallels to modern society. But for now, I digress. Let me know in the comments, will this increase your incentive to boycott Bud Light? The easiest boycott ever, just move your hand three inches to the right or the left, and you can buy something infinitely better, like a Yangling, which is still family-owned, oldest brewery in the United States. And that's a rare feat is, unfortunately, many of these other companies have subsequently sold out, such as the Bush family, where they've sold Anheuser-Busch and Bev, eventually, oh, they sold Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, to the Belgians, and now it's Anheuser-Busch in Bev. So I can't help but think this will actually just increase the boycott, but we shall see. Other interesting culture news, you have the Babylon Bee sending out a fun message about Bill Gates buying into Bud Light, and of course, it has gone viral. Now, it is a fun little gif where you have Bill Gates, and then to the right of him is a can of Bud Light with Jeffrey Epstein's face plastered on it. 
And of course, the cliche of the century is anyone being more odd enough to believe he actually died of natural causes or suicide because, again, he did not kill himself. Multiple doctors have seen this, and there's so many coincidences like, oh yeah, the cameras just, both cameras just happened to not be working, and he was on suicide watch, and no one was watching him. And he was strangled in a way that you actually couldn't do that with rope, his actually hands. But I digress to the 18 people who still believe he died of natural causes. 17 people, perhaps. Now, it looks like in the first 18 hours, this tweet got 880,000 views and 21.3 thousand likes, which is astronomically successful, given the ratio of 2.42%. Now, it looks like the top responses came in at Mr. Nath saying, this is fantastic, what a burn. He got 2,349 views and 21 likes, so pretty darn good. Subsequently, you have someone called Just a Dude, which subsequently I'm pretty sure he is just a dude. He said, quote, is Liberty safe next, unquote. And he had a meme in which he had the Liberty safe filled with cases of Bud Light. And he got 1,034 views and 51 likes. So pretty darn successful. You also have Mr. Ed Howard saying, quote, then this is perhaps one of my favorites and the best ratio. He says, available in a 36 pack, one for each trip Bill made to the island, unquote. They got 1,903 views and 71 likes, giving a ratio of 3.73%, which perhaps is also is the most accurate and hilarious pun because Bill Gates, like many celebrities, he just happened to fly over to Epstein's Island multiple times, where we recently, well, not recently, we found out it was almost, no, no, I was going to say one of the most. It was the most morally depraved, morally vacuous, disgusting places on the planet. And yet, it's been years, and of course, no one's ever been brought to trial except for Epstein and I guess his girlfriend, Jelaine Maxwell. The only people to ever be prosecuted for uh, human trafficking and other morally vacuous things I dare not speak of, the only ones charged for it, and they had no clients apparently, even though he had tapes. The client list and the tapes just magically, they magically disappeared. Fascinating. Just fascinating. And yeah, Bill Clinton, I think he said something like, yeah, I want, I want, and it's going to be terrible, I apologize in advance. I think Bill Clinton said, I only, I only threw on his plane 26 times. I only flew, the only way on Epstein's I flew with him 26 times. Or something like that. Perhaps the worst, I might get an award actually, perhaps the worst Clinton voice in the past 10 years. Vote today for that award that someone must nominate me for subsequently, I believe. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> now, other interesting culture news you have, Bud Light football is back, but their fans are not. So, again, they attempted to tweet. They tried. They tried so hard to tweet. And yet, they just failed as usual. In spite of increasing censorship. Which also is a sure sign that you are mentally or morally on the wrong. Is if the only way your ideas can exist is if you silence your enemies. Or silence your opposition. Like they do in 1984. The best book. Some would say the best book of all time. It's easily top 10. It has to be. Now, it looks like it's just cliche music, but we'll play a little bit of it. Oh, the Bud Light can has football team logos on it. Now people will buy it. I can't help. I, I know the average IQ is decreasing precipitously these days, but how many people are motivated? Like, I'm buying that beer because I see my team. I know people treat sports balls in the United States like it's their family or their, their personality, but it's it's literally, what is it, 18 cents of paint slapped on that little thing? It's probably actually less than that if you have the economies of scale. 
But yeah, it's just the football team plastered above the Bud Light, which hilariously enough, we'll talk about the comments. So don't don't worry, we will. But anyway. oh, it's got a little font. The official beer of you know whatever that is, which it's one of those cliche things where I always joke, especially about Dallas Cowboys. They are brilliantly they are a brilliant marketing company. They may actually make more market more money from marketing than anything else. If you have enough money, you can be the official wherever the hell you want of the Dallas Cowboys. I know it's, they have sales reps that go around. They ask businesses, "Do you want the Do you want to be the exclusive, the official X, the official toothpick supplier of the Dallas Cowboys? Just give us a quarter million dollars." So it's one of those things where I, I wish more people realized to be the official X of anything. Not always, but usually just takes a vast amount of money, which is why I'm usually not impressed by sports team sponsorships where or celebrity sponsorships really. But we'll, we'll get back to this terrible, terrible commercial. They're, I was going to say, I don't know who does these commercials, but they're poorly produced. So just zooming in on the can and slightly rotating it with not even music. It's just loud. Well, I'm sure some people would consider it music, but it's loud instruments. It says easy to drink. False advertising. It's not easy to drink unless you're already presumably, as the youth might say, hammered. It's quite repulsive, repugnant, disgusting. It's quite difficult to drink, I would argue. So that's false advertising. They say easy to drink, and then they have the audacity to say easy to enjoy? Certainly not. When, when was the last time you enjoyed a Bud Light? Even in college, which is, when I think of Bud Light, that is the cliche college staple. Now, personally, I always preferred spirits because, you know, less calories, you gotta look sharp. But it was one of those things where, did anyone really enjoy it? Like, I feel like a lot of people just pretend to like beer in general, but like with Bud Light, like, it's just known for being the cheapest beer in college. But that's just my three cents. Let's keep going. It's almost done. Though. It is funny. So they got, again, this will be a fun, uh, the, the test of sports balls knowledge. So they got a picture of a arrow. I think that's the Kansas, Kansas Chiefs. A picture of a bull, which I think is a Houston Bulls. Who knows? Yeah, the little, what is it? Not an otter. You have the dolphin. So yeah, Miami dolphin. That's something. An orange helmet. That's terrible. I'm going to guess Cleveland Browns, maybe? You have the Hawks, so, okay, I know CLC Hawks. You have SF, which, just because of business, I know San Francisco. And then you have some Bulls, which, New York Bulls? No. They have Bulls on a can. That's presumably a sports solid team as well. But I can't help but notice the best teams aren't on there. Like, when I think of football, I know enough to know that Tom Brady's one of the most successful sports. I actually saw him when he was in college. Go and go blue, some might say, but it's one of those things where the best teams are not on these cans. And I can't help but think, like, if I was the owner of the Patriots, I'd be like, "There's no gap. There's no damn way you're putting my logo in that." Like, I know it says this official beer of the NFL, so they got to deal with the league. But I wonder if this was specifically carved out so that it, I would think the teams would have to have the permission, so it'd be an individual contract as well as a league contract. But I can't help but think a lot of the teams would say, "There's no way in hell." You're taking our logo, which again, when you talk about sports balls teams, the most important thing is the brand. Like beer itself, people are paying for the logo. They're paying for the brand. It's not just the taste of the, the swill or the beer, or in this case, the sports balls experience of seeing the players. The players come and go. The logo, well, unless you're the morons who rebrand Washington Redskins, is forever. So, 26, four seconds left. It's almost done, but it's painful. 
Well, that was a, an exciting ending. So, of course, as one might think, it was ratioed, eviscerated, owned, or pwned, as the youth might say. Urban Dictionary is becoming quite fascinating, I might say. Now, within ten dollars, oh, I was going to say, all these statistics are taken within ten hours, so they posted at the ten hour mark, wrote down all these statistics. Within ten hours, they got 478,000 views. So, they actually got a pretty good audience. Their last tweet, I believe they only got like, what is it, 75,000? Which again, for a big brand, that's an epic fail. So, they got about half a million views, so that's pretty good. A lot of people saw this. Now, of a half a million people who saw this, guess how many people liked it? So half a million people, 378,000 people just about, they all saw this and they got 381 likes, which again, perhaps that's the last 381 employees at Anheuser-Busch and Bev. So that ratio is zero, ironically, I, I, I find enjoyment in these fun little cliche things, but the like ratio is 0.08, which is actually the legal distinction of getting drunk in the United States, I believe, is 0.08 alcohol, blood alcohol volume, back. I don't drink enough to know all the nuances, but yeah, 0.08, I thought that was, that's kind of funny. A little jumbo joke in there, I'm sure. Now, some of the top responses, and of course, they're all highly entertaining. You have our reliable Rich Mooney, who does those awesome polls, which is actually, they're starting to hide polls, where if you just ask, he's asking people, you know, as of today, based on this commercial, what would you buy, Anna's Bush and Bev or not Anna's Bush and Bev? They're even hiding that, which again, that's in no way controversial. That's just asking people what they would buy. That's not pejorative or coercive. That's one of the most unbiased uh, polls or responses you can see these days. But even that they're scared of because they know the ratio is never good. Now, yeah, Rich Mooney, his, one of his tweets was, quote, laugh out loud at Bud Light, moving tweets about Bill Gates buying Anna's Bush and Bev stock to quote hidden replies i don't blame them for wanting to keep that quiet but it's quite obvious unquote so he actually had to respond to respond because they blocked him just like myself i actually have to use this show's profile to see it which interestingly enough they haven't blocked this show on twitter so at n-i-c-t-o-p-p-i-n-g my individual handle on twitter that's blocked i can't see what's going on with bud light but at the topping show they haven't blocked us yet so that's how I've been seeing that. But if they block that, I'll just use my tech company. I'll use another Twitter handle. The data will still come. I'll get that data. Don't you worry. Now, Rich Mooney's response got 867 views and 11 right likes, giving him a ratio of 1.27. Now, he also had someone by the name of Paul A. saying, quote, No one is ever drinking Bud Light again while they watch football or any other time. Just go bankrupt already, unquote. Now, he got 2,549 views and 80 likes. Pretty darn good giving me a good old ratio of 3.13%. Not too shabby. He also have id and ego say, quote, stock up, and it was a gif, or as the children would say, the gif, perhaps, but it was a conveyor belt of Coors Light coming down a conveyor belt. And he got 2,347 views and 43 likes, giving a ratio of 1.83%, which is quite impressive because they blocked that. Coors Light coming down a conveyor belt, they blocked that at Bud Light. How, how sensitive are these people? So they're, tra they're trying to block everything. And even then, it's mostly negative responses, which is all the power to the fans who are people participating in the boycott. All the power to y'all, because you're doing quite a proficient job, not just at their sales, as they precipitously go down between 27 and 
compared to the same fiscal week last year, the social media, the boycott is working quite effectively as well. We also have a gal by the name of Hillary saying, quote, can't give it away in Michigan, unquote. And she had a picture which it depicted a 25% rebate. And she got 2,909 views and 57 likes. Pretty good. Giving her a ratio of 1.96%. Now, interestingly enough, some positive responses are brewing to the surface. Now, are they mostly bots or people with no personality? Yes. I did a little research and the first the couple of responses, they're all people retweeting for that stupid millions handle on Twitter, which is like a sweepstakes thing where you just have to retweet it and they enter you in a chance to win $100, which it blows my mind how many people acquiesce to those silly types of sweepstakes, but they're, I don't know if they set up a profile as a bot to just retweet, but it looks like there is someone who actually, this actually, this person appears to be human, which I was shocked. So there's a positive response from an alleged human being. I say alleged, he might be a robot in disguise, but he's hiding quite well. The advances of the Terminator program are seem to be coming quite well, perhaps. But nevertheless, this is someone by the name of James Russell. And he said, quote, Bud Light and football, the great American pastime, unquote. Almost seems too good to be true. And actually, I don't know who I don't know who, who would say Bud Light is part of the great American pastime. Like, I mean, the cliche used to be, you know, football, whatever, apple pie football. No, actually, no, it's baseball, apple pie and Chevrolet. There's a good country song, I'm sure, about that. Granted, that does describe 86% of country songs, but nevertheless, his response got 4,900, or no, 4,598 views. So you might think, that's a lot of, that's a lot of views. He must get a lot of likes. I mean, 4,598? That's more views than I've ever gotten. Though we could fix that today if you just check me out on Twitter, perhaps. Now, or X, whatever you want to call it. Now he got, again, of that 4,598 views, 12 likes, just 12, giving it a ratio of 0.26%. So not so good. Now I did check out his profile and interestingly enough, most of his tweets or posts, whatever you want to call it, they're all about sports. Okay. So maybe he's a sports guy and it's all, he, he really hates Trump. He's a lot of his pejoratively around, around former president Donald Trump and a lot of his politically left aligned where he's supporting candidates and pejoratively tweeting about candidates he does not like on the right side of the political aisle. So interestingly enough, maybe that's their new demographic. I say maybe because people on the left are, they're also boycotting Bud Light. Because again, Bud Light, they hired Dylan Mulvaney for a collaboration for marketing, gave Dylan Mulvaney that bottle, that bottle is probably worth, that bottle is gonna be worth a couple million dollars in and of itself just as a marketing piece of history as a business blunder of the century of what not to do as a business. But they actually, they gave this bottle to Dylan Mulvaney and they went quiet. So politically speaking, as this has become a political issue, you have people on the left side of the aisle where they notice that the company, and again, this is a quote from a bar owner, they did not quote unquote, stick up or stand by Dylan Mulvaney. Because they did not do that, people on the left side of the political aisle, they subsequently started to boycott Bud Light as well. This is a holding company in Chicago, which has a lot of gay bars. And this holding company specifically said, we are a gay bar because D Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch and Bev did not stick with Dylan Mulvaney. We are boycotting all Anheuser-Busch and Bev brands. And again, that was a holding company of many bars in the Chicago and Chicago area. So we've seen this boycott now taking on both sides of the aisle. And of course you have people in the middle who are confused, annoyed, and have no idea what the heck is going on. And I just can't help but think maybe this is them trying to grow that side of the that, that customer base, perhaps? But again, I don't think there's enough on that customer base 
to justify it. Either way, it would probably help the CEO to do something. Right now, he's being very political. He's actually, I would argue, he's more of a politician these guys than anything else. But Brendan Whitworth, he's not saying anything, which, again, isn't solving the issue. And it's not going to solve that 30% drop in sales week over week. Well, 27 to 30% on average sales drop compared to the same fiscal week last calendar year. So I can't help but think mm, the outlook for Bud Light and now that they combine, they combine with a partnership, but Bud Light, Bill Gates just bought, again, what was it? A hundred, no, technically $95 million of Bud Light stock. So again, there are people who don't like Bill Gates. So you might have a multiplier effect where now you have two groups of people boycotting Bud Light. So is it almost as if they could make the situation worse? I can't help but think, what will the next sales figures be? I think it's peaked in terms of the highest percentage drop we've seen compared to the last fiscal calendar year for the week sales was 30%. We'll take a, do you think we'll get to 32%, 35%? How strong could the boycott continue to get as, again, no matter how many people they block on the Twitter, the net responses are still brewing to the surface. People are still talking about this. This is sports ball season. I mean, people presumably, well, not presumably, they do buy copious amounts of alcohol to, I can only suppose, to help you enjoy the game, to watch those sports balls being thrown all over. That's how you get more excited, so you dull the senses, some might say. Now, that's when they're supposed to have record sales. That's not happening. The times of the year when they had their record sales are now their worst times of the year. So that, we saw this with the 4th of July. They did terribly. So I can't help but think, as the sports ball season start off, it's gonna make the situation worse. So now the shareholders and the board directors hope, uh, the board directors, I don't know if they're drunk or just, well, present, maybe they're uh, drunk off their own supply. It'd take a copious amount of Bud Light to actually give you a buzz, but nevertheless, perhaps the board directors are just so, they're so, their senses are so dulled, they don't care that they're losing billion, uh, what was it, $400 million in sales Q2 compared to the same time period last year? That's terrible. So I'll be interested to see, maybe they finally wake up, they go, well, you've lost us a lot of money. We literally, they're literally bottling, bottling plants that closed because of this. Their employees are getting laid off because of this. At what point does the CEO actually take responsibility for the decisions him and his team made? Will that ever happen? Let me know in the comments, do you think he will ever step down as CEO? Do you think it'll just take one more fiscal quarter of sales dropping precipitously? Or will they give him more time? If you look at the trend of their stock long-term, they're still doing okay, don't get me wrong. It's not like this, you know, dropped like a, like Blackberry back in the day, but they're still losing all the gains that they were, they would normally have. And even with spending a record now amount of money on advertising, it's not increasing the sales. Because again, I keep comparing it to a bad relationship where you have a husband or a wife do something terrible and try to buy back the love. They try to come back home with a trinket, like some flowers or some jewelry. Well, like a little crappy piece of what was it? Not mica. A little crappy piece of carbon you found in the ground of uh, diamond. That doesn't solve the problem. They're, you're just trying to buy the affection. They're not saying, hey, honey, or whoever you address your partner as, here's specifically where I messed up. Here's what I'm going to do different. Here's why I'm sorry. Not just, here's a gift. And right now, in terms of my perspective on the situation, Bud Light is just saying, here's a gift. Because they're giving out free sports balls tickets, free Bud Light, crazy mail-in rebates. Or it's actually cheaper than water. Now, I know maybe people would say it's so diluted, piss poor, and it basically is water. But nevertheless, in some parts of the states, it quite literally is cheaper to buy Bud Light than water. 
So it'll be interesting to see. It's the definition of insanity to do the same thing again, 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 and expect different results. That's what they've been doing. Will they change? Or perhaps the more accurate question is, when will they change? Because they'll have to make a change, presumably. The shareholders aren't going to be happy that, again, Bill, Bill Gates is propping it up a little bit with his purchase of stock, but they're not going to be happy with the sales. Because, again, the company should be thriving during this post-ball season. They're doing terrible. Let me know in the comments. Do you think this will... Maybe they'll get to 35% less sales compared to the same fiscal period last year. It'll be interesting to see, but Magic 8-Ball for Bud Light still says the outlook. It's not so good. And ironically enough, the actual liquid inside a Magic 8-Ball, although it's probably toxic, presumably would taste better than a Bud Light. That was burnt. The, perhaps the burn of the day? Maybe we'll do that. Let me know. Now, going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramasamy's tweet on the July 6th charges versus Antifa getting 2 million views in 24 hours. Now, interestingly enough, the responses were mixed. So he is especially proficient at utilizing social media. And again, very few other candidates are. Nikki Haley, all the rivals right now, with the exception of Trump, there's one tweet that basically broke the internet, getting over 230 million views is one of those instances where the competition is not getting a fraction of these views. And again, part of politics and part of the game of chess of politics is name recognition, because as ridiculous and stupid as it sounds, Americans actually vote, I'm sure other countries do this as well, they'll vote on name recognition. And I've talked to people where I've asked them, what's the specific policy you like of this candidate? Why do they deserve your vote? And they just go, meh, I'd like to get a beer with them. I'm like, yeah, I bet you get Bud Light. Huh? See what I did there? But nevertheless, history got 2 million views and 26.6 thousand likes. So not the worst ratio, 1.33%. And as I pulled up here really quick, uh, let's see here. This is actually just a text tweet, interestingly enough. So this is him responding to someone. Now, the original tweet, this is from someone named Sa uh, Savannah Hernandez. She said, quote, Enrique Tardio sent us 22 years despite not even being in D.C. on January 6th. Joe Briggs sentenced 17 years for shaking a Capitol fence on January 6th. Proud Boys convicted of conspiracy despite the court admitting they had no plan to storm the Capitol. Four known suicides of peaceful January 6th defendants after feds targeted and threatened them with jail time. American homes still being raided in 2023 for peacefully walking around the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. Now, that was the response. So Vivek's response to this was saying, quote, this is from Vivek. This is wrong and it's sad and I'm the only candidate with the spine to say it, unquote. And again, it went viral. I mean, two million? That is astronomically successful. Now, a lot of people are knowing the discrepancies in the justice system, which he does dive into in a separate tweet. But in this case, a lot of people are being charged. And actually, thanks to Tucker Carlson, we actually have video evidence of the whole January 6th scenario. And there's a lot of conspiracies on, you know, who was on the ground, were there feds there, which is a pejorative, fir pejorative firm, uh, term for people who work in the federal government. It was a conspiracy. And with the video evidence, we do do, we know some people, again, I'm not, there's absolutely some violence there. It's not proved to ever have any, especially going against the feds, when you have violence where you're shaking fences, you're pushing things down. That's not a prudent idea. That's not going to end well. But she get 22 years for pushing a fence down and cheering people on. It's, it's a very interesting situation. And you have other instances where you had a grandma, 
I believe she even had cancer. Like the police actually opened doors. So on site, police were opening doors and people were walking around. So I, my, my pessimism or my perhaps the thing that makes me think twice is how quickly that January 6th instance was used as a political mechanism for the midterms. Because that's all we heard during the 2000, was it 2020 midterms? That's all we heard was it was an evil insurrection. We, and we heard that name, strategic, that, that word is being used very intentionally. Because again, if you're actually prosecuted and successfully prosecuted for that, you are barred from holding public office. That's why the mainstream media in particular are using that term strategically, because that's what they want. They want to bar people from the privilege of having a public office position. Now, it will be interesting to see where the courts, the courts take it from here, but there's some people who are quite literally being treated like terrorists, where there's some people who are put in solitary confinement for a year. They have, again, some people who are just walking. So they're just walking through the Capitol as the police guided them. So for my three cents, and again, it used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, got to charge three cents. Although, should be four cents by a generous man. Though, still free to click that subscribe button. Try and get 4,000 by the end of September. I know it's a high goal, but got to aim high, so to say. But when it comes to people who are literally, there's some folks just, the police opened the doors and police guided them throughout the facility. So I don't think those particular people should get a harsh punishment because they didn't know what was going on. If anything, they were encouraged by the police to just walk around the Capitol. So I don't think these charges in many instances are appropriate for the people that are receiving them. And I think more and more people are starting to see this discrepancy. Now, in terms of the feedback, this is pretty unusual for Vivek, but there are a fair amount of negative ones. So let's dive in in terms of the top ones by likes and what have you. Now, you do have someone by the name of Legat Lee Gate, which sounds fancy if they're French or something like Legat. Sounds fancy. Now, this person says, quote, you're the only only candidate. Oh, these all caps, so they're angry. Let me restart the quote. You're the only candidate dumb enough to publicly defend an insurrection against the United States of America. Now, this person subsequently got 6,696 views and 580 likes. That's a pretty good ratio at 8.66%. Now, let me in the comments. I've done this for Bud Light when I'm looking at the background of who's saying positive and negative things. And in this case, I did look into this individual person's background to see, is this someone on the right who likes a different candidate in the Republican Party? You know, what's their background that might lead them to shape their opinion a little bit? Now, this person, uh, if you talk politically speaking, they're very much on the leftist, very much um, using a lot of harsh, it's a nice way of saying harsh productive terms around the opposition. And this person in no way would vote for anyone in the Republican Party. So this is an instance where many people I don't think that particular person is going to change his poll ratings because, again, that's someone who would never vote for him regardless. So let me know in the comments. Do you want me to go into maybe like a 30-second or a one-minute summary per response? And we'll choose for these, we'll choose the top three responses. I usually base them on the number of views and likes that they receive to give us a little bit more background to them. Or do you want me to just keep it high level? Again, your comments are greatly appreciated. We're trying to build a show that, you know, makes it entertaining, interactive. Everyone really, really enjoys it. And I appreciate the critique about me speaking too fast and not articulating enough. I hope you can tell I'm trying to slow down a little bit, slowly but surely make myself more and more articulate as we work together. And when we started this, I knew it was a issue I had earlier in life. I didn't know it was to an extent until I watched the videos myself and I saw the comments. So the feedback does help make the show better. And I do appreciate your contributions. And sometimes it might take me a day or two to get to the comments with my work schedule, 
but I always try to make sure I respond to all of them, even if they're not positive, because again, critical feedback is how you grow the most. But for now, I digress, I'll get back to it. Now, you have somebody by the name of Andrew Lawfer, and he said, why is it wrong, Vivek? Do you support those who engage in seditious conspiracies? Now, I looked at Andrew Lawfer's profile, and I do apologize, I did not have that statistic for the number of views, so I'll actually look that up right now. Oh, oh, unless he deleted his own response. Mm. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe I shamed his response, or his boss made him delete it. Interesting. Did he get rid of his own response? Yeah, L A U. Let me control paste that. Andrew L A U F E R. Oh, he's got a blue check mark saying he's legit, just like me. Well, let's see here. Repost, repost. Where is his replies? Real time research right here. Let's see. Responded. Let's see. Well, this guy hates. <laughs> Most of the responses are very pejorative against Tucker Carlson. Jeez Louise. Okay, this guy has a career on Twitter. I mean, it's not literally his job, but he's posting every hour of the day. Jesus. Yeah, I apologize. It's going to take way too long to find the statistics on the views. Needless to say, he did get a couple thousand views. It was one of the top three responses for that tweet. And again, he's saying, you know, what is wrong with you? And I did some research on Mr. Andrew Lawfer. And on his profile, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He has a hashtag BLM, which in the United States, that's become, again, a, uh, not a political party in and of itself, but it's something that many people identify politically being more on the left. Now, is one of those instances where he also said his profile, a lot of the responses are him quite literally hating Trump. So again, will this affect Vivek's polls? I don't, I don't think so, because again, this is someone who would not vote for him. I'm not saying all these critiques are wrong. What I'm saying is I don't think it will have an outcome negatively on Vivek. Now, you also have Drew, who is a veteran, and Drew said, quote, they've been made an example of to tell people, quote, well, quote within a quote, let me reset that. You have Drew saying, quote, they've been made an example of to tell the American people, quote, go home and try this again, quote, I dare you. Now, he got 11,200 views and 586 likes. So not the best ratio, but a lot of likes, giving it a 5.23% like ratio. So it's fascinating to see, I think, Perhaps as Vivek has raised in popularity, I think more people who are opposing of him are going to start following his profile and starting to critique him. That might shape the public perception of him a little bit as more and more people are seeing these different conversations, these different perspectives, and it's being brought to the forefront. So maybe it'll affect him in the polls, now that I think about it, but I don't think it'll be a significant percentage in the polls. But it'll be interesting to see. As I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek on the two-tier justice system getting 750,000 views in eight hours. Jeez Louise. I was going to say, I was, I was going to make a joke about me not getting that many views and being on Twitter for eight years, but I think I did sign up in college technically because the professor, they gave it out an answer. But no, I was going to say, even with all that time, I've not got close to that number of views. So you have, and actually pull that up really quick here. And again, this is a text, so... Oh, he actually... Well, I was going to say, within a day, he broke a million. Pretty impressive. Now, this is a nice little quote from Vivek, so I'll say it right now. Quote, 
America now has a two-tier justice system. Antifa and BLM rioters roamed free while peaceful January 6th protesters were imprisoned without bail. Biden's, quote, Department of Justice has executed over 1,000 arrests for nonviolent offenses related to January 6th, casting a dark shadow over Our Lady Justice and foundational principles of our legal system. To unify our country, I commit as president to pardon all Americans who were targeted, who, sorry, were targets of politicized federal prosecutions and those denied in due process. This includes all peaceful, nonviolent January 6th protesters who were denied their constitutional rights. I will end the weaponized or weaponization of police power in America. Every Republican candidate must be clear where they stand on the hard issues, unquote. Now, in terms of the feedback from that tweet, again, he got 750,000 views in eight hours, which is fantastic. Now, in terms of feedback, and actually to expand his point, he is very articulate. He's saying and specifying the nonviolent participants because there were some people who got violent. Those people should be appropriately prosecuted. In my, my three cents, I think they're being over-prosecuted or they're giving him a harsher sentence. You actually saw him, you had a gentleman who burnt down a police station as part of a BLM riot, and this gentleman got four years in prison. So he burned down a police station, which some might argue he's even attempted murder if there's people inside. That's not, I'd have to dive more into that specific case, but he got four years from burning down a police station. And in some cases, again, this guy was pulling, again, it was one of those cheap, not cheap, but those standy fences where they, the temporary fences that they put up. You have one guy just moved a fence and he encouraged someone, and allegedly someone came out and said, hey, you know, we did it. He says, hey, good job. He had 20 years? That, I don't know in any way how people would think that's fair, but there are some people who do in fact think that way and we'll be voting in that regard. Now, I think that's going to help Vivek get more people on its side, actually, especially in the middle. And because I think there's a lot of people in the United States who feel there's discrepancy in the justice system. I was going to say, look no further than Hunter Biden, but... So the distances where a lot of people feel alienated and a lot of people are starting to notice, well, especially think of the January 6th, a lot of people being charged for pretty harshly, but you had groups of people who, again, it was a uh, 30 people died from the BLM riots or the George Floyd, Floyd riots. So that's quite a pretty penny and 30 people died, I believe. $2 billion in damages, 30 lives lost. But, and yet they're being bailed out. Kamala Harris actually probably said and set up a fund to bail people out during those times. Interestingly enough. Now, in terms of the top responses to Vivek, we have Charlie Kirk saying, amen. That simple response got 7,939 views and 185 likes. Pretty darn impressive, getting a like ratio of 2.3%. Not too shabby. You also have the second top response from someone named Glenda. This person said, quote, aren't Antifa and BLM now being paid by the government to riot and loot, unquote. This person got 391 views and eight likes. So not the best like, but still got a 2.04% like ratio. You also have somebody named Brian Dawson saying, quote, whoa, this is big. I had no idea BLM and Antifa protesters testers tied to overturn an election and disrupt our official congressional proceedings and the peaceful transition of power violating the rights of the American citizens. Thanks. So we do see some negative responses joining in as well. This person got 5,222 views and 238 likes. So a 3% ratio, which is the best thus far, actually. You also have a name or gentleman by the name of Saeed Bilval. This person said, quote, you're a pharma scammer, unquote. 
that person got 9,724 views and 194 likes. Pretty darn good ratio at 2%. So, as he has more and more comments that many people, I would say, would perceive as more politically charged or more controversial would be the best word, I would say. You are seeing more negative responses start to brew to the surface. I would say, you know, looking at his Twitter the past couple months, they'd probably be 70, 80% positive. He had a little bit of a hiccup when it comes to talking about censorship in terms of children should not be on social media. And that was very much mixed results. Actually, that was, I would say, probably about 70% negative against him. I was... I would argue that the nuance being lost is that he should specify the government's role in that and how they should or should not play a role in how my three cents you should have a cultural practice that discourages children from using social media as regard eh, as opposed to the government having intervention with the exception of TikTok, which is just Chinese spyware and actually used to make our kids actually dumber with the things they push in front of them and promote in front of them. And again, that's just not based in the United States. There's a lot of arguments on that as well. And it's being banned from federal devices. So there's some precedent in that regard of it being banned. But interestingly enough, he is having some more tweets go viral. There are some more negative ones. I don't think these people would vote for him to begin with, but where are the people who are seeing that? Are they being swayed by that? And let me know in the comments, of course, if you want me to dive deeper into the background of the people who are commenting, that might give us more of a rounded view on the situation. Other interesting political news you have, DeSantis is back on the Twitter. And he had a video, kind of like a commercial, come out where he's going to fight Big Pharma, police state. He got 400,000 views in nine hours, which for DeSantis is really good. And again, he needs to start going viral. And, you know, there's a long time before the Republican nominee and before the actual election. And some people are saying it's kind of like a marathon. You want to be slow and consistent. Some people just say you want to sprint. There's a lot of debates when it comes to political philosophies and ideals on how to take the most successful route to become president. But this is what he needs to do, I believe, more consistently, is start to get his messages that are more out there so people can see him. And also, I don't know, just have a Red Bull or something. Get excited. I mean, this this should be the pinnacle of your career where you're doing something you've never done before. I mean, the highest position in office, which, I was going to say, I mean, people might be a little bit dampened in terms of what that means nowadays based on the past presidents we've had, but it still means something, darn it. So I'll go ahead and I'll pull up his commercial. This is actually on his profile. Most of the things we've seen from his DeSantis was from the DeSantis campaign to the war room because he has been occupied with, unfortunately, the tragedy in Florida with the hurricane. Now, he has a quote before the video, so I'll read the quote quite quick. This is from DeSantis in his tweet saying, quote, As Biden's biomedical state is chomping at the bit to bring back COVID-19 authoritarianism, we will continue to hold the line. As your president, I will usher in a reckoning for those who devise at the failed and destructive biomedical policies that caused damage throughout the country because until there's accountability, they will try to do it again. And again, he, in terms of response or the views, 400,000 in nine hours for him, that's really good. I'll play that really quick. When the world lost its mind, when common sense suddenly became an uncommon virtue. Indoor and outdoor venues should be closed. You know what our biggest enemy is in America? Our fellow Americans. Now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> you gotta do something draconian. Florida was a refuge of sanity. Mandates, lockdowns, fines, we're just not doing that. They are not effective. Let me tell you that right now. I don't think government has a right to put these people out of work. If the rest of the country had done everything that Ron DeSantis said and did in Florida, we'd be 
in a much better place. You're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education. I'm going to stand in your way. When Ron DeSantis decided to think for himself and use common sense, the expert said he was a murderer. Wrong again. Turns out Florida handled COVID the best. If you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way. Music is quite good as well, I have to say that. It's hard to find these in, in Florida. Just when you thought COVID madness was in the past, the pandemic was over, we keep getting pulled back in. Joe Biden is pushing new shots, and the media is demanding you break out the masks. Those policies were destructive for this country. They hurt people. They hurt our economy. We're going to bring a reckoning to this health bureaucracy and this medical swamp. As your president, I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are fired. Now that is probably one of his most compelling campaign ads that he's put out. And there's a lot of people tuning in because again, a lot of people, a lot of businesses were destroyed during the lockdowns when the government, with the force of a gun, they actually said, you have to shut down or else. You have to do this or else. So a lot of businesses were destroyed forever. So a lot of people I think are gonna resonate with this particular message from DeSantis. And again, if he's going up against Trump, Trump is a forerunner in every poll, I would definitely, if I was Ron, I'd highlight the fact that he would fire Fauci because a lot of people did not like the fact that, well, Fauci was the most paid government employee ever. Also killed beagles and grandma. But it's one of those instances where there's a lot of people that do not worship Fauci like many used to. And it's crazy enough, there, there were people making t-shirts and votive candles to him during the pandemic, which ridiculous, I have to say. So I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this particular message, a great move on a political chessboard. Because, again, he, I think he needs to get better when he's interacting with people in terms of being energetic. But in the commercial he just put out, again, some of those are clips from debates and such, he looked energetic, which is what he needs. He needs that, they just need to invigorate that into his campaign. Because, again, that was something that was lacking during his, his campaign had a lot of issues. When he kicked it off on Twitter, where he just didn't sound enthusiastic. Again, it was only audio, it wasn't visual on Twitter for that what was supposed to be a big announcement everyone kind of already knew so for a while this campaign felt like it was running out of gas so to say and i think this is going to be he needs more commercials like this that highlight what he highlight he really needs to focus on the successes he had as a governor and say how he's going to translate that into the country's success that's going to be the key i believe to his messaging is highlight that because again he has had a good run in florida he won in record numbers a lot of people who are formerly you know, a lot of people who were Republicans moved to Florida partially because it's already a Republican place, but he did have massive success. So it'll be interesting to see how many people does this really resonate? Well, let's go to the comments and find out. So in terms of the 405, actually it was specifically 405,000 views in 12, nine hours, quite good. He got 3,976 likes. So not the best ratio is 0.98%, but not the worst. We saw 0 0.0, what was it, 0 0.03 when it comes to Liberty Safes. Perhaps that'll be the business blunder of the century. It'll be interesting to see. I'm waiting for the, really gonna wait for their sales to come out and perhaps for the reviews to drop precipitously to put it specifically in the business blunder. But it, it was for sure, but I digress for now. When it comes to responses, you have someone by the name of Unfiltered Boss saying, quote, 
Trump, we need a reckoning for what they are doing to me. DeSantis, we need a reckoning for what they're doing to you. The choice is clear, unquote. That person got 80,600 views and 641 likes, which pretty, that's a lot of views and likes. Now that gives them a ratio of 0.79%. Pretty good. Not the best. Did not beat DeSantis, but now you have Chris Loschiff saying, quote, it's important to recognize that the suspension of our constitutionality protected liberties is never an option, regardless of how unprecedented a crisis is. It can never happen again, unquote. I always got like when there's grammar in there. It's like, try to read it word for word, but some of the grammar just, yeah. Now, nevertheless, this person got 2,688 views and 137 likes. So that gives them actually a really good ratio at 5.1%. Pretty darn good. You also have a name by the gentleman of Josh Powers saying, quote, when tyrants were running wild, DeSantis stood for sanity and the rights of the liberties of individual. Unquote. This person got 1,676 views and 57 likes, giving him a ratio of 3.4%. So pretty good. And then you had someone by the name of MAGA Originalist. This person said, quote, you were the only governor in Florida history to lock down the state, unquote. That got 1,936 views and 90 likes, giving him a ratio of 4.65%. Pretty good ratio. Now, as his name might say or suggest, MAGA Originalist, probably never going to be someone who votes for DeSantis. So again, that specific person, I don't think is really going to sway the polls for DeSantis or have much of an impact. And again, every state did lock down. I think the accuracy is Florida opened up much, much quicker. It didn't acquiesce to all the demands. So there's a little nuances there as well. And actually, if you live in Florida, I would love to hear your perspective and your experience when it came to the whole pandemic. The more data, the better. And I'd love to make the show a little bit interactive as well. Eventually, once we have even more comments, we'll actually probably have a comment section of the day or something like that. It's something else I've been thinking on to make the production a little bit more interactive and make the show a little bit more enjoyable for everyone. So I'll be interested to see. Again, let me know if you want me to look into more of the background of these responses. Maybe it'll give more of a rounded opinion of kind of give us more perspective on what shapes their opinion and what that might carry in weight in terms of their response and what it might have as an effect on the actual original tweet, in this case being DeSantis' polls. Overall, I think for his campaign, it's a very effective video. I mean, the music is, I, I'm one of those folks where I, I kind of like, I, I appreciate music like that. It's great music. And I think his message, if you can get it out there enough, I think people will start, it'll start to resonate. But again, his, his campaign has had a lot of, lot of blunders. I mean, they, I think a point of contention for many people is lying when they actually had a picture using AI, a deep fake, where they had Trump hugging Fauci. And the little word that described the picture was the real Trump. So they clearly lied in that. And again, that wasn't directly from DeSantis's tweet. That's from a, I believe it was a, a super, a super pack commercial. So even if again, legality, he's not supposed to tell the super pack what to do, but he, in my opinion, he should have come out and he should have tweeted saying, Hey, I do not agree with that right there. This is why it's unethical. They should not have done that. And personally, I don't think anyone should be able to be using AI when it comes to politics because the average consumer does not have the technology to detect a deep fake. Some of them are pretty obvious. They're not all great. Some of them are pretty cumbersome. They'll have an extra hand or something. So those are easy to spot. But as the technology moves more and more quickly and advances more and more and more, and it'll get to the point where the average consumer will have access to unprecedented amounts of AI capabilities and deep fakes, that's where it's going to 
really, I think it's going to start swaying elections and it's going to be a very precarious situation. I don't think campaigns should be able to do that on either side. But it'll be interesting to see. I think maybe he'll go up 1% of the polls. Maybe, maybe two in the next couple of weeks. Let me know in the comments. Do you think his trajectory, will this help turn around his trajectory and get him to increase in the polls? Which again, he needs to close that gap. Because again, right now, I mean, some polls have him at 30 plus points behind Trump. I know there's a lot of legality and a lot of uncertainty around what's going on with Trump in terms of he's going to be locked out of the campaign. Some states are even threatening to get him off the ballot altogether. It will be interesting to see where the conversation goes from there and what happens in that regard. But that's just my political three cents. Used to be two cents, but all-time hyperinflation, got to do three. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have the U.S. pushing for an airbag recall from ARC Automotive. Now, this is a business blunder, especially because the optics are not good when it's not a voluntary recall. It's one of those things where recall is never good for a business. It makes them look unintelligent. On let's say they don't care. There's a lot of downside to a recall, but when it's voluntary, you can at least say, well, they're acknowledging the situation. They're trying to get ahead of the situation. In some instances, when it's mechanical, especially with vehicles, hopefully you get ahead of the situation where there's not been any deaths from it, heaven forbid. And in that case, some people actually might respect the company because they can see them as trying to do the right thing and again, try to get ahead of the bad things that could happen. Now, this particular case, you have US auto safety regulators stepping out, trying to force the Tennessee-based company to recall, geez Louise, 52 million airbags, specifically the airbag inflators that can explode during crashes and cause injuries. Now, the National Highway Traffic Association has determined that the airbags made by ARC Automotive are defective and they scheduled a public hearing for October 5th. Now, it's interesting, they actually say it's a rare move, but one that's required before a mandatory recall can be enforced. Now, they go on to specify that the inflators can explode and hurl shrapnel into the driver and passengers, and at least two people have been, oh, unfortunately, at least two people have been killed and seven injured, according to the National Highway Traffic Association. So it is, it's really unfortunate because people have already passed. So that's, obviously, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen for any automotive, any product, actually, to have an unintentional, innocent life being taken. And in this case, the problem is going to be pretty widespread because there are a lot, there's a lot of consolidation in the automotive community. There are a lot of companies who make like one or two parts for every automotive company. You saw this, I believe it was, wow, time flies, maybe 10 years ago when you had the Tata airbag recall and they were manufacturing in China. It was a very similar situation where over time, I believe the specific propellant in the cartridge to the purpose to you know blow out the airbag, it actually degrades over time, it could explode. And again, they would have an issue with shrapnel. So there's another, unfortunately, a deadly situation. And people quickly realized, I've never heard of Tata, but more than half of all the automotive manufacturers use that one airbag module. So it's one of those issues where it might not sound bad because no one's ever, now not to be pejorative about ARC Automotive, no one's heard of them before really. But they might very well be in a majority of manufactured US cars and it's going to affect a lot of those brands. It's going to make those brands look bad because again, part of your part of your role of being a manufacturer, you have to check your suppliers. You have to constantly check for you know, quality control departments. I would joke that some actually don't have them in Detroit, but it's one of these instances where it's just going to be bad news all around. And unfortunately, some people have already passed away because of the situation. And again, our automotive is not getting in front of this. this is, they're going to have a public hearing and they're, it sounds like they're, going to, they're just going to force them in the recall. 
So unfortunately to have a recall is such a common part, that's actually a life-saving component. That's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone again for taking the time to tune in. We're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of September. I know it's a tall order, but every click counts. Also, especially appreciate you taking the time to like and comment. Feedback is always important. It helps the channel grow and develop. It even helps me improve everything from slowing down my speech to trying to be more concise with my speech and try to articulate so you can actually hear me a majority of the time. And my goal is to keep improving that skill set throughout the show. Also, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.